drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? It's your host, Derek Oakry, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, coming at you talking Lions football. Week one is in the books. I'm going to get into it, tell you what I saw. Our Lions came up short, but I thought it was a fun football game to be at. And, you know, we got a lot of people out there saying everyone's about moral victories, this, that, and the other. I'm not I'm not gonna go there, but I thought the game was fun, the crowd was crazy, and I had a great time. I'm gonna tell you guys about my sports weekend, my mancation, my hanging out with some uh good buddy of mine as well as some other friends and uh the tailgate experience. I'm gonna get into that a little bit more than the actual breakdown of the football game, but we will get into Lions Eagles. We will do a little preview of the Washington Commanders heading to Ford Field because I think just due to like life craziness and things that are going on right now, unless you Kool-Aid drinkers really object to it, I think I'm going to try to do like the review of the game and the preview here um, on your Wednesday pod. And then as I have time, get you some fun bonus shows, some excited shows after victories, maybe some fantasy football shows, but just been easier on my whole crazy schedule and all my side projects I have going to be able to do the one Wednesday show, get my guests on from time to time, do some solo shows time to time. So hope everybody's cool with that. That's kind of what I'm going to roll with for now. But still like just crazy excited about this Lions season. Lots of things I see that I'm uh, fired up about. You know, I may have a big rant on today's show. I may get into the old Twitter machine and read some of your guys' tweets or things I've been noticing uh, who knows what we might get into here on this show, but uh, drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread! You know what we do. Make it a double. Cornbread! You know how we do right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, so let, let's get into this. I think you guys really enjoyed it. I think it was a few weeks ago where I kind of did rapid fire, uh, hot topics, news and notes, injuries, takes, rent, so... That's what I'm going to do here at the top of the show. And the first thing we want to get into is the sports weekend, the mancation. And here's how it went down. You know, crazy work week, life like we all have, lots going on. Um, got home Friday, you know, was trying to prep, get everything ready, working some pro football focus games as well. And uh, good old Walmart let me down because I did a delivery order. Had the grub, was going to get it delivered to the house, then pack it up right in the cooler, no problem. You know, had it for, gosh, like an 8 o'clock delivery. I get a, a email, a message, like a few minutes before, hey, we're delayed. I'm thinking, hey, no problem. You know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, doesn't matter when it comes. I'm working on other stuff anyway. I was in the middle of a PFF game. And uh, they just never delivered. Never delivered the food whatsoever, so uh, I went ahead, canceled this big order, 
you know, that was my plan to kind of have most of the stuff ready before I headed down that uh, Saturday morning. Um, get rolling with uh, my buddy Stefan's got a great place uh, down near Westland area. You guys know who he is, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, you know, was going to hit up the king of all bros, go down to his place, hang out. We're going to uh, get the grill going, have some steaks, play some washers, throw the old pigskin around. Then we're going to hit up the Michigan game. My buddy Choppy Chop. You guys know who he is, at Chops and the D was going to come. Then he bails on us, something about the wife and him needing to go out to eat, an anniversary. Who knows? Who knows what he was saying, but he kind of left us high and dry as well because the plan was to have him roll over for the Michigan game. And then we're going to do this thing that I like to do. You know you know when you go like to a game and stuff, you're always like, hey, man, we should get some brats. Or if you're watching at a place, you might get some real good pizza or you know, all those horrible foods you eat for yourself, but they're fun to have during a ball game. Well, one thing I like to do every blue moon, especially if I'm getting together with a couple good, um, real good old quality friends of mine, I do something that's called eat like kinks. And that's where you go to the store and you get some premier steaks. I'm talking not the cheap frozen ones that come in the multi-pack. I'm talking the ones from the deli, or ones that you got to actually open your wallet for that are thick and delicious. You go get those. You also get some mashed potatoes. You get some good mac and cheese, high quality. You get some rice. You get some broccoli. You get a quality dessert, maybe a high-end cheesecake, maybe a, a chocolate cake that you should never have. You get good beverages. You get more good side items. And just eat like a king for once. You know what I mean? Great meat, good sides, great food, good friends. So that's pretty much what me and Stefan did, man. We we did it up right. He cooked. Uh, I didn't know he had grill skills. I really didn't know the bro had grill skills, but um, he busted them out. He probably cooked these big, thick uh, New York strip steaks, uh, top of the line, better than I've ever had. Those were delicious. So we're eating those. We're watching Michigan football. The J.J. McCarthy Super Bowl is coming out party. Oh, man, that was fun to watch. I mean, just slinging the ball around the yard, running the ball, doing whatever he wants, whatever Michigan wants. Um, that was incredible. And then the, the plan with Choppy, too, was after the game, we were all going to roll out to B-dubs, catch a little UFC. Based on when the Michigan game got rolling, the food-itis that we had after Eat Like Kings, we kind of just uh, chilled out talked about life laughed it up and enjoyed but we we finally get to bed at who knows when 12 2 in the morning hey man we gotta get sleep because my thing was we're getting up and we're getting down and tailgating for this lions game right so we rolled out of uh, out of his place a little bit um later than we hoped i had to freaking bang on stefan's door and get him rolling um you know play some what did i play some old NFL films, um, music as loud as possible to get him going. We get up, we get we get the his car loaded, we roll down. I mean, still, what was it like seven, eight o'clock? We're down there, right? It's it's slamming with people, people everywhere. We can't get into our normal lot. Kind of because a couple of my great buddies that have helped me out for years um, have moved on to some other places, other opportunities. So we didn't have the hookup. We didn't have uh, the spot we normally get with them or where we hang out. And uh, so we had to roll around the D, man. We had to see what was going down. Like, there, do we get the parking lot uh, for, what was it, 60 Bones right behind, uh, basically offset of Ford Field back there behind Comerica? Do we roll over to eastern market do we go 60 bone on basically any other parking lot that was anywhere near the stadium do we roll out in the boonies and get a cheaper rate but not uh not have as good of a spot so we rolled around for a while and it was hard making a choice man i'm not the best with all that i'm not really uh i don't know the d like the back of my hand my place was the palace like i used to love going to the palace you you park in that huge parking lot but you'd park right by the exit you had all the space in the world, have the greatest time, walk into the game, 
have the time of your life, walk out. The other thing is the palace let me do whatever I want. I could go anywhere I want. I could say anything I want. I could just have so much fun. Yeah, now, yeah that was like high school, college days, right? So I was a little bit crazier back then, but I still like to have a lot of fun, which we'll get to in a moment because I had a heck of a time at this Lions game. Um, but the palace was my place, man. What are, how, how dare they knock that place down, man? That was incredible. In the middle of nowhere, horrible parking lot to get out of if you park in the wrong spot. But if you know what you're doing, bam, you're in and out, no problem. Uh, get some ball games back in their heyday. It was incredible. So we, we ended up finding a real good lot. Uh, ended up being like 40, 45 bucks, I think it was, over, I think it was on Cass. And uh, it was banging. People everywhere. We parked. We set up shop. You guys probably saw some of the pictures I tried to put out, just a couple at least on the old Twitter verse. You guys can find me at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Um, put the table up. Of course, I got to have a couple signs up. We had to have Kool-Aid and Unleash Hutch. We'll get to the more of that in a moment, but people were loving that. Uh, we were handing out Kool-Aid, telling people to drink it in. Stefan was working the spatula once again. I was uh, running around like a crazy man uh, with my signs and having a bunch of fun. He was cooking up brats. We had burgers. We had cheddar dogs. We had all types of Kool-Aid. We had cornbread. Hold on. I got the sound bit here somewhere. Cornbread! (laughs) There we go. Um... We had it all. We were having fun. People were everywhere. Everyone was excited about the Lions, and uh, that was really fun. So we just hung out the whole day, man. Perfect day. No sun wasn't beating down on you. It's cool. People everywhere. Everyone's optimistic. Everybody's drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Everyone's loving it. Handing out, uh, what else did I have there? I had business cards. I was hanging out with the Detroit Kool-Aid on it. If you got one of the Kool-Aid uh you know, jammers that we're handing out. It had the old Detroit Kool-Aid custom sticker on it. I had a custom T-shirt. A few people were wanting to buy that up. Um, you know, may have to do up some shirts and some mugs. I had a mug as well that's custom made. So then you diehard Kool-Aid drinkers want some merch. You know, we might have to get that going here pretty soon uh, as this team starts winning ball games. Everybody gets excited. So we're just rolling there. And then when we got out of the... Uh, tailgate we're head to the stadium i grabbed the unleash hutch sign and uh oh my goodness i just i walked that around the parking lot about you know to every person so they could see it people were loving it lots of 97 jerseys out there every once in a while yelling rodrigo to people that were rocking that that faux faux 44 jersey which was fun um anybody in green which in our parking lot there weren't many but if i saw green you see any eagles gear trying to get stefan or myself to hit him up with the other sign which you guys saw which was cry eagles cry i was telling the people sing it for me sing it for me you know how it goes um just having a blast and and i gotta i gotta admit you know we 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 go through all the whole town i'm holding up the unleash hutch sign and just yelling it about a million times and the people in the streets are loving it the people as we got to ford field were loving the sign we got the sign in ford field did about four laps around the stadium i mean it it was just incredible like if 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 i could have had a better sign that was simple and that everyone loved under the sun it was unleash hutch <laughs> and uh, i was just dying for him to get like an early sack or a tfl or something you know we reprint the t-shirts uh which still may happen as well but uh that was incredible basically timed it out perfect man we tailgated all day had a bunch of food bunch of beverages bunch of fun bunch of fun outside for Stefan to walk around the stadium about five times while I rile up as many people as possible. People just taking photo ops of me and my sign. Uh, give me the fist pound hanging out. That was incredible. And basically got in our seats like the moment the Lions come out. And then the Lions um, are dropping that Eminem beat, uh, which was incredible with the whole like players in the background Dan freaking Campbell um, voicing behind getting everybody hyped. So uh, in the uh, tailgate mix that I made, 
You guys know what it is. It's Eminem higher. That's the jam. That chorus is incredible. You put that beat and that chorus to like some Lions highlights and Dan Campbell and the players getting you hype. That was incredible. Loved all that. Um, you know, good presentation by the Lions. Wi-Fi was working perfect. Um, really great getting in there, getting in our seats. Always have a great view of the game. And it was time to ready to roll, man. It was time to get into this ball game. So I'll get into the ball game in a minute. I know I said I was going to go rapid fire, but that was just a long take, giving you guys the insight, giving you a little personal feel for for what we uh, had down there. And, uh, gosh, I just want to say before I get into a couple more of these hot takes and, and game takes and things I saw is um, – the Detroit fans are incredible, man. This team won three games last year, and the Detroit Lions getting the ball, going right down the field, scoring a touchdown. It was electric in there. It was incredible. Like, you couldn't hear yourself. Think I was trying to, like, have my earpiece in and listen to some red zone, trying to get the uh, Dan, Dapper Dan Miller, but, of course, that doesn't work on your smartphone. That makes no sense why you can listen to the pregame and then they cut off the live feed on mobile. Yet you can listen to the live Lions recording on 97.1 on a computer, but you can't do it on a cell phone. That makes no sense. Odyssey, Audacity, whatever, the Odyssey app, get get it together with that. Let us listen to our team on our mobile devices on the go. It's ridiculous. I have, it makes no sense to me. So I couldn't hear a damn thing anyway, so it really didn't matter. So I, I cut that stuff off, and uh, this place was just deafening. The Detroit fans are incredible. When things are going right or when that game started, it was playoff atmosphere. Probably the only louder game I've been to um, than that one that I can remember is the Monday night football game against Chicago, where we uh, just lit them up like a Christmas tree. And they had about 15 false starts. And Jake Cutler was being Jake Cutler. And Javid Best was scoring 80-yard touchdowns. So um, hats off, man, to all the... Diehard Lions fans, especially the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there that are always about this team, always drinking that Kool-Aid no matter what. It's uh Drink it's it in and uh it just fires me up every time I see it. So um that's kind of just the real quick about the experience. It was really fun. Got in there, lions go down the field, um it's a touchdown, it's game. Lots to talk about, but uh, let's just do a couple other quick hits um here off the top. I mean, I thought it was great to see Mr. Okuda do his thing. I thought he uh, had a nice ball game. It's fun to see him. He still has his moments where where you want him to either um, get his hands on a football or we're still looking for those turnovers, but really good to see him out there playing. I felt like this game got out there with no injuries, no major injuries that I have heard of. I was a little bit worried about Rodrigo um, towards the end of the game when he stuffed a play and then looked like his shoulder was out or he had busted his clavicle up, but he seems to be all right. So that's a good thing. Um, and and sometimes that's what you want, man. This team's still got a lot uh, a ways to go as well as uh, another game where they fell short. But to come out of there with no big time season ending injuries, no injuries to your studs, that's really good. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to totally get into the game right now, but those are just a couple quick things. And, uh, you know, word came out just before I got recording that Michael Brockers, like, adjusted his deal. You know how the NFL does it. It's all funny money where they just like, hey, we restructured. Now we have three extra million dollars. But the bad part is I think the Lions got two million dollars of cap space. But now it's going to be harder to move on from Michael Brockers um, after this season. And... I don't know if you've noticed. You probably haven't noticed because nobody's noticed Michael Brockers. I can't remember a play dude's made since he put on a Lions uniform. I mean, I get it. We've talked about it here on the show. Hey, he's a good locker room guy. And hey, he's teaching the young cats. And hey, he's uh, a veteran. And hey, you know, Brad Holmes knows him. Make plays. <laughs> Show up on game day. And this guy just hasn't done it. I don't see it happening. I don't see all of a sudden you're going to be like, wow, like Michael Brocker's been dominant for the last three, four games. Like you might see it a play here or a play there. But, um, you know, it just seems. And this guy's not making chump change, man. This is 10 plus million dollar football player on the defensive line that played 20 five-ish snaps out of around 80 i mean come on man that's 
that's got to stop or we got to stop handing out gold watches and or, or give this guy a gold watch and get him out of here and get somebody that can get after the quarterback. You know, it's just like I've had enough. He's, t- he's taught what he needs to taught that people have seen what he, what he, how he operates now, like let the young guys operate that way and get somebody else in here that can get after the quarterback, disrupt, be physical, all the things that we're looking for. So prove me wrong, Michael Brockers, if you still got anything in the tank, but I think that thing's on empty. Um, and then the other thing that's kind of out there is Blake Martinez or Malcolm Brown is maybe that why they cleared up a little bit of space to either get one of those two guys. My take on it is I kind of would like Malcolm Brown a little bit younger. It's always nice to have more big bodies, more guys on the front line. Blake Martinez is a tackling machine. Don't get me wrong, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's had a, litany of kind of neck injuries i believe it is or kind of different injuries throughout his career he's also up there and he also will probably come at a bigger price tag than malcolm brown so give me malcolm brown get him in here until levi and pascal and those guys get out here and and speaking of those guys let let me get a quick rant in here i'm not going to go forever on this because we got to get to our commercial break and i'm come back talk about the game talk about the commander's game this my rant is this the people that have no patience, no vision, or the same people are usually the people that are the t- I told you so guy. I knew best. I knew and I know already that they shouldn't have taken so, they shouldn't have taken Pascal. He's no good. Why do you say that, people? Oh, because you haven't seen him yet. Because he hasn't played. Like before that. You were on board. Now you're off board and you're trying to tell me that months ago you knew this guy was going to be injury prone his whole life. You're projecting forward multiple years. Oh, man. Pat, he's. I hear people already saying, we're going to get nothing out of Pascal and J-Mo in year one. What? <laughs> Says who? <laughs> like, I still expect J-Mo back, you know, right after our bye week or before and balling out. And Josh Pascal might just be out the four games and then he'll be back being a physical football player that has great character and a guy that we might love here in this city. So I'm just so sick of these people that have no patience. Oh, wow. We drafted a guy with a four or five year contract and we're one game in uh, and he missed a couple of preseason games and you wrote off his whole career. You act like he's an absolute stiff. They can't play football because you haven't seen him yet and you just want an immediate gratification. You, you ever realize that there's players out there that ball out in the preseason, ball out those first few games, people put them in the Hall of Fame and then they don't do anything after that? It's the exact same thing in reverse, and I've been guilty of both. I've been guilty of putting people on a pedestal early, and I've been saying, hold your water, hold your water, and then they either end up being good or they don't do anything either. So I still think these guys are good players. Brad Holmes obviously knows talent. Don't give me this, oh, he keeps taking injured players. Like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Really? I think he does because he found ARSB, (laughs) or as he's known on this show, I'm on Rob. And he found uh, Rodrigo, your favorite guy. And he's found other guys later in the draft. And he's drafted big bodies that I think will still progress. Now, can you have some concern about Levi and his back issues? Sure. Can you want the Aquaras to be back playing rather than sitting at home on their twin couches? Yes. But just stop with all this. Like, I already know. And look at me. And I knew best. And... We knew these guys weren't going to play. We knew they're always injury prone. JMO didn't have many big injuries until he hurt his knee, and it was a clean ACL tear. He's recovering fine. Pascal, yes, we'd love to see him. I'm sorry you're going to have to wait four, six games or so, but I expect him to be back and then be a guy like, wow, look at this Josh Pascal. He's a good football player. Yeah, same people I want apologies from when he comes out and plays well are the people that are just killing him. And same with Aleem McNeil. I'm sorry Aleem McNeil doesn't have big-time sack numbers already. I'm sorry if he isn't out there yet um, just balling so that you can just love that draft pick. People are just writing Kirby off because, oh, I'm sorry, he wasn't the starter day one at safety. He must not be able to play. He's growing into his role. He's doing things that they like. They're grooming him for a certain role. And I'm totally fine to just take it easy with these players. And until they show me they can't play. 
but that's not the case right now. The case is that people either are too quick on their trigger or they're, I, I, I told you so guy, which nobody likes. And if you really call it, if you really put it on wax before and then they do good or do bad, great, I'll give you credit or I'll I'll lift that up. But don't sit there and say nothing and then tell me I told you so, especially when you didn't tell me so because we don't know yet. So there's, there's my rant for the day. Now, I'm going to do a couple quick uh, Twitter um, bookmarks. I'm going to try to do this better in the future as bookmark some cool things I'm seeing. But I just want to give a quick shout-out to Brian J. Egick. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the last name, but it's E-G-I-C-K Jr. Um, His Twitter handle is B-E-G-I-C-K-J-R. And this guy's always out there drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid, repping this team, being positive, putting out fun tweets. Um, Just a a straight up diehard Lions fan and I respect it. So Brian, shout out to you, man. I, uh, I know you're drinking that Kool-Aid, eating that cornbread, and I appreciate you a lot. I also want to give a shout out to the fantasy football fellowship, um, podcast, as well as everything that Bryce Johnson is doing. He's out of, he's out of uh, cornbread Jerry's area. I believe North Carolina, um, He's a um, he's got the Panther jersey in the background, and this guy, I've talked to him on the phone, texted with him. He's uh, a great guy of faith, and he's really building something special with Fantasy Football Fellowship. So, if if you have a, a strong faith or you're looking for something faith based, and you love the game of football, he's combined the two. Great devotionals, gr- um, just real quality content both with his podcast about fantasy football he also does another one for his unpacking it ministries where he's talking all types of um, athletes of faith and people that are sharing their stories which i think is incredible so just want to lift that up Um, those are two things that i'm very passionate about is uh, fantasy football and and my faith which is um, very important to me on so many levels so um, keep doing what you're doing fantasy football fellowship and bryce johnson um i saw a draft network mock that came out today and the photo has bryce young in a lions uniform so go check out what joe marino and the boys are doing over there always putting out quality content getting me hype about my lions and the nfl draft we got deandre swizzle we'll get to him more in a moment currently the highest graded uh, PFF running back in the NFL. You gotta gotta love that, no doubt about it. Um, 6.53 yards after contact, the second highest for running backs with a minimum of five carries. Uh, gosh, he did his thing. There's no doubt about it. And here's a good Jeff Okuda, Mister Okuda stat for you. Okuda's 80. 2.8 tackling grade and nine tackles ranked first among all cornerbacks in week one. He allowed 32 yards on four catches with a long of only 11 yards while also recording a pass breakup. That's from Al Harston. He's at Big Alfredo Sauce. <laughs> so uh, that was fun as well so i'll try to do that i do try to just retweet stuff when i like it whether it makes me laugh or whether it's good uh, content stats whatever it may be i try to just hit that retweet share everybody's stuff i don't have a ton of time to be combing the uh, stat book to come up with all this stuff but lots of people putting out great content out there so go check them out support our lions all year hit it with hashtag lions hashtag one pride hashtag detroit kool-aid cast if you want uh kool-aid gimmicks if you want to throw one of our gimmicks in there um nfl twitter hashtag nfl twitter is a good one to throw in there to get your stuff out there so you guys always see me put that on there just helps reach more people as well as uh just always good stuff in the football season um getting it out there and, and hitting those hashtags so more people see it so everybody Let's go ahead and take a quick break, get our great sponsors in here, and then we come back. I'll hit the high notes of Lions versus Eagles, as well as get you hype and give you a little bit of a preview and a prediction for Lions 
facing the Commanders at Ford Field. Everybody, I'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that kind of that inside look of. Football weekend, mancation, lion's tailgate, repping the sign, unleash, hutch, which I think will happen a lot this year, even if it didn't maybe happen in this first ball game. Um, really fun times, great, great friends, always have quality, uh, always repping my quality friends, man, those genuine people that you can always count on. Stefan, the king of all bros, one of those guys, no doubt about it. Uh, choppy chop and plenty of others as well that i appreciate so um really fun hope you guys um enjoyed some of that that rant things i got in there i also want to thank you always for listening please share this with uh friends uh hit a retweet or share if you can when i put it out i really don't uh put any or don't have any advertising budget i basically just try to get it out um, based on some tweets and sharing it on facebook and different groups and things like that but uh, anything you guys can do to share it or if you um, love the show and want to donate, um, there's a donate link on the pod as well. That really helps out with always kind of keep my equipment where it needs to be and, um, you know, keeping the show rolling, keeping the lights on, all that type of stuff. So really appreciate everybody that's currently donating to the show or sharing it or repping it or hitting me up on the Kool-Aid hotline, 989-272-3484 or hitting my personal text if you have that number or DMing me on Twitter. Tell me, hey, man, I love the show, love that rant. Hey, you need to talk about this next time. When's uh, Logan Lamb Randier coming back on? You know what I mean, all that good stuff. I really appreciate all that. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this Lions Eagles matchup that we had. And and for me, like I already gotten into sort of how hyped the crowd was. Loved the Lions going down, um, scoring right away. I guess my thing was one of my biggest things that we talked about with Choppy was that AJ Brown is a big problem. And he was a big problem all day, making little catches, making tough catches, making catches up over the top on Will Harris. Um, just He's a hell of a ball player. He's a big physical receiver, and he just lit us up like a Christmas tree. I mean, I thought the Eagles were all banged up at running back, but you know, Miles Sanders got healthy just in time, and he seemed to hit us 
with different runs, scoring, got loose later in the game. That that seemed to hurt us. You know, I I just thought the biggest thing, and I don't need to harp on it because all you guys know it, is all those little scramble plays by Jalen Hurts is really what killed us. You know, Hutch would have got home a couple times, but he kind of either got juked out of his shoes or got upfield too quick and, and let the quarterback out. You had a couple other plays. Kaminsky was one. I remember where he almost had him dead to rights. He got out and, and hurt us. You know, anytime he ran, it didn't feel like we had any kind of spot. Linebackers run with their back turned, things like that. That really hurt. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts hurt the Lions and hurt them bad all day long. You know, Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, tries to be too cool for school. He's out there acting like he's got everything under control. And the fans had that team rattled, man. They couldn't hear. They couldn't operate until they start making a few plays here or there. And then the quiet crowd got a little quiet there for a while and they were able to do some things. The Lions' defense just didn't play the way you need them to. Now, you can say, hey, they were trying to be aggressive or they're trying to do this. A couple things popped up that I remember from the last couple years that have killed us. No turnovers of consequence, you know, or of a big impact. We didn't have, uh, you know, barely any big-time sacks on the quarterback um, on third and whatever. You know, it's just like there was no constant pressure that got home like you might have moved him off the spot a few times and yeah I realized they had a few sacks um, here and there but just not enough to rattle the quarterback or get him to throw early and even when he had to get rushed like I feel like we didn't make plays on the football and until they start doing that like you know getting balls thrown right over your head or getting a perfect ball put in it doesn't matter if you had good coverage like you you didn't get your hand on it and make a 30-yard catch down the field or whatever so um those are kind of the things that i feel like need to change now i went on a rant saying if jordan davis and kobe dean blew up i was gonna have to hear about it like to me jordan davis was just out there i didn't notice him blowing things up i do need to go back and sort of catch the all 22 or catch the uh, actually want to watch the full game just so i can kind of hear it and feel a little better than when you're in the stadium but uh didn't notice him making any big time plays that people could yak about and kobe dean played like two snaps i think it was two three snaps so um rodrigo um played a hell of a lot more than him and really seemed to bring the heat so um you know all you Nicobe dean lovers out there of course you know i love the player thought he's a heck of a player but as his medicals and he started to drop you know you just sort of got a nfl often knows better than we do so that's why i backed off of him when it came to a little before draft day and on draft day i did not select him with any of my live picks i believe choppy did in the second or third round somewhere in there or he was loving him but i had kind of backed off at that point um you know i had kind of talked about will dj chark show up uh, a couple of miscommunications but here's something i want to like tell you guys about that I saw, which I don't know if it came on the TV feed. It was late in the game, the fourth quarter, like still down 10, 17, whatever it was at that point. DJ Chark made a point to get in the huddle and kind of go to all his guys and dap them up and get them kind of fired up. And that just shows more leadership from him to me. You know, he could have hung his head. He could have been like, hey, I'm not getting the football. He was still very plugged in in that game. And made a hell of a play late in that game where they finally, Jared Goff gave him a ball that he could make a play on. And he went up and snatched that thing for a touchdown. So I still think DJ Chark is basically, he's the WR1 right now when it comes to being explosive and making deep plays down the football field. Obviously, Amon Ra is uh, doing his thing. You know, he's got a two, three drops already for Amon Ra, but... Uh, you know, I still like what he does underneath as well as he found the end zone in this game as well. So Lions, I mean, you put up 35 points, you should feel like you should have a pretty good uh, opportunity at it. But when your defense can't stop a nosebleed, as I said, and you're just getting beat with still those plays inside the 10-yard line where you're just not covering the quarterback, you're leaving the tight ends wide open, you're letting people run up the middle untouched on you. It's going to be hard to win ball games if you can't stiffen up uh, when they're close to the end zone like that. And uh, just not enough turnovers, not enough big plays, both on offense or defense for the Lions to uh, to get this W, in my opinion. I do think there's a lot to build off. I do think, you know, that we can't, as I ranted on earlier. Am I worried that Hutch wasn't unleashed, quote unquote? No, I think this was a guy that every time I keyed in on him, he was hustling. He was getting some pressure. You go back and watch the tape a couple times. He... Got his guy on skates going right back to the quarterback, but the ball got out. I mean, 
That is what it is. So this guy didn't have a terrible game just because he had a assisted tackle and, you know, that was it. I mean, stats are, are just one part of the story. So I thought it was a rookie playing his first game, didn't get home, didn't get any fancy TFLs, but busted his tail. And, I mean, the guy was playing left side, right side, DT, interior, you know, um, all over the D-line, which – it just bodes really well for that player and, and this team. I feel like the way that they rallied, they could have folded up and lost by 21-plus. They came all the way back. They should have had a chance to get that ball back. Great third down stop by Rodrigo. Um, And then they just went for it on fourth. I don't know why you're not just loading up on this. Everybody and their brother knew it was a QB sneak. Of course, the NFL officials always just randomly put the ball wherever they want. Of course, they're not going to even consider that the ball might have come out in that pile. They're not going to actually look at it, that maybe he was on bodies and then Aline McNeil came out with the football on that final play. They're just going to give him, you know, a, a full yard when he probably got a, you know, a quarter of a yard because that's what the NFL officials do. It was another spotty game, of course, for them where some plays they looked at and reversed. The, the TJ Hawkinson catch, which totally looked incomplete. They give it to us, kind of like throws us a bone. Um, but the, the lions can build off this. They can build off that comeback. They can say, you know, we did some things well, we made some mistakes. It's a unique team to play with good skilled players all over the place. And, uh, I think that they can bounce back is sort of, I said, bounce back next week. Now getting to this Washington team, like I'm not just chalking this up as like, Oh, the commanders are coming in. This is a W for the lions. Now, is that because I think the Washington Commanders are some dominant, great football team? No, but don't like – I I love drinking Detroit Kool-Aid. I love being optimistic. I love rooting on my team. But if I've learned anything about the NFL the last handful of years or so, it's that almost every game is pretty close. You know, there's only a few blowouts here and there across the board. You're – you don't want to take any opponents lightly. You don't want to be like, oh, these guys are terrible at all. I mean, the Washington Commanders have a hell of a defensive line. Everybody's written off Carson Wentz, and then week one he throws for four tugs. Um, and now everybody's like, oh, maybe he's back. Maybe, you know what I mean, all that instant reaction type stuff. You know, they have some other unique playmakers, especially at the wide receiver position. It's not going to be easy for the Lions to deal with. Dotson and McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and, uh, you know, Gibson, their running back and some of the other, they're just real different type football players. These are guys that can make do gadget plays. They can beat you short. They can beat you deep. Um, I think the Lions are really going to have their hands filled with those type of receivers and the quantity, you know, four or five bodies that can really make plays in different levels of the football field. They're not all pros and they're not guys that you are putting in the hall of fame, but yeah, I think they have a dynamic receiver room at this point. I think that's going to be something that the Lions will have to deal with. You know, the quarterback on both sides of the ball is going to be the big question mark in my opinion. Like what Carson Wentz is going to show up at Ford field. Like I'm sure hoping the fans that'll be at that game are going to be half as rowdy as they were that first game because if you get this place rowdy where you can't hear, you don't know what you're doing, like Carson Wentz isn't a guy that I think is going to excel in that situation. So I'm imploring the fans to bring that same energy and get him off his spot, get him rattled again. He ain't, He's not going to be juking and jiving. The Lions rushers are going to know he's going to be back there patting the football. So if our cut corners can cover a bit and people can be sticky in coverage, I would expect some more sacks, maybe a fumble, maybe a, get him to throw it quick and somebody actually get an interception for once. Um, that would be something I would expect more in this ball game based on Carson Wentz. But again, Carson Wentz was like an MVP candidate a couple few years ago. Then he would been terrible and this is a new lease on life for him too so he's like a jared goff he's empowered by this team they picked him out they're trying to do what he does well so i'm not chalking it up that he's going to have some abomination game but he's also not a quarterback on our schedule that puts you know the fear in you as well he's one that you should compete with you should be able to rally you should be able to get after and that's what i'm hoping for the lions i'm really curious if the lions 
can run the football really well two weeks in a row. And when I talk about running it really well, I didn't even talk really about Swift in my quick uh, recap of that Eagles game. I brought him up early in the pod. DeAndre Swift was electric week one. He was showing off the speed, the shiftiness, some power at times, like catching the football, making people miss, running after contact, like everything you expected from this guy. And I, before we went to the game, I said, Stefan, when, when Swizzle gets the ball, just watch how he runs with like a low pad level, great vision, but at top speed kind of at all times and sure enough man he elbowed me after like that first 50 yard run or his first couple plays he's like man i see it now you know he uh he's really something to watch so you know he balled out jamal williams found the end zone twice in week one can you back it up or are you going to come into this game and walk out with like 30 yards 10 yards catching jamal williams no touchdowns you know swift not, not you know what i mean that would be disappointing for me because one thing the Lions need to do a lot better, in my opinion, to become winners and become what I hope they will, is stacking. You know, you don't go out there and just have one good game by DJ Chark and then you go to, you know, a bunch of other people and then find him five weeks later. You start finding out who your studs are and then week in, week out, you make the opponent deal with them. You force them the football. You get them the ball in volume. So... Swift says he's healthy. He says he can take on any type of workload they give him. Give him another heavy workload and see if uh, Washington can deal with it. See if those pass rushers like trying to get out on the edge and deal with Swift's speed. See if they like being pounded like 30 times between the two running backs, um, running the football inside, outside. And, you know, that's something I'm really curious. Stack another week where that offensive line is nasty and these running backs can hang their hat and say, look, look what we did again. And we're going to do it again week three and week four. You know what I mean? That's that's something they really need to do, in my opinion. You know, can the Lions out physical Washington, both mentally and physically? Can they come in with a mentality that's we're going to push you around on the field and we just think we're better than you? <laughs> And we're going to prove it. You know what I mean? That's the type of mentality and physicality they got to have to win football games. And I, that's why I love Dan freaking Campbell so much because I feel like he's an alpha. He gets after it. Don't tell me he's not smart. Don't tell me he doesn't know this. He's gimmicks. He's that. No, this guy is a football guy. And what I love about him is he's overly optimistic, but he's also a guy that just wants to impose will, wants to um, tactfully beat your ass <laughs> you know uh to to put it bluntly like that's what i see and that's what the lions need to not just say don't just say in a soundbite that's what you're about consistently go out and show me that that's what you're going to be about you're going to be bad boy nasty out there like our basketball team used to be you're going to be the team that oh man i gotta deal with penne sewell for four quarters shit you know like i gotta deal with these guys getting after me i gotta worry about um that defense coming after my quarterback and those uh, corners and those linebackers being able to run and hit and tackle and, and tell me about it afterwards, that's what they need to be. So can the Lions out-physical the Washington Commanders and can they beat them mentally, both with the plays they make and maybe some yak that they talk during the game to, to get after the opponent and get them off their game? And the last big thing I have that I want people to kind of keep their eye on is MCDC versus Riverboat Ron. Now, people are questioning Dan Campbell's decisions. Again, it's the same people I ranted about earlier that want to act like, man, if I had the headset on, I'd make every perfect call. And for some reason, every time after the game, I just, I got all the answers, you know, to me. You know, the only thing that I would question and I questioned during the game was why Dan Campbell took that timeout at the end of the first half to sort of, quote unquote, get the football back when I think it was second down or, you know, second and decently long. But still, you gave him two more or another shot at it and they they whooped you down the field and they went in, you held them to three, but you're just kind of giving them more chances. Like if they want to let the clock run out. That's just as good as playing aggressive and trying to get it back and get points. You know, like, what are the chances? But, you know, onside kick to me, that's not only what he does. He thought it was a calculated risk. He went for it. 
If it would have been a better onside kick and um, executed better, it may have worked. You know, it was executed poorly and it didn't work. So, of course, everyone's going to second guess it. But to me, it's the guy's an aggressive guy. He's, he's unconventional at times, and I'm totally fine with it. That's what makes him great, in my opinion, and also um, just an all-out go-getter alpha mentality. You know, he's not just going to sit back and always play the statistics or hey you know i just i'll just keep it close to the vest and hope that all goes well he's trying to snatch it you know and at times that's going to bite him so we'll see what he does because ron rivera is the same type of guy you know kind of soft-spoken and cool but game day you never know what this guy might do you know or he's going to try to come get it too he's trying to get it for his team so i think this is a battle of the coaches you know, you have a lot of people out there, a lot of Kool-Aid drinkers, and a lot of Lions fans that I saw that love Dan Campbell, supporting this guy, hopes he wins, hopes he does great things because they love the person and they love his mentality and they want this team to be a winner. But you got to put up W's. You know, you, we can't do this week after week where, oh, I wish it would have worked and maybe and we could have done this better. We got to go back to the fundamentals. It's a, it's about work and grit and you know what I mean? At some point, it's start got to start paying off and he knows that. I know that. You guys should know that. So it's a, it's a good coaching battle on both sides and it's also a, a statement game in my opinion for Dan Campbell. Like it's a, it's an even type opponent. It's in your house. You had a tough loss. You should have your guys motivated. You have a physical line. You got a special running back. You got receivers. Your defense should be better in week two. Go out and find a way to win this game and find a way to make a couple good coaching calls that put you up over the top. That's what I'm expecting from him. And uh, hope that Riverboat Ron costs his team or doesn't pull out something that costs the Lions. So that's something I'll be keeping my eye on as well. But everybody, get hype. Football is back. That was a hell of a game down at Ford Field. Lots of points scored. Back and forth. Loyal fans were going crazy. I mean, I I was just drinking it in all day. Drink it in, man. Another big game. I'm excited for it. And I told you I was going to give you guys a prediction. <laughs> so it's going to be 31 to 21. For the Lions at home in Ford Field. Lions go to one and one with a dub ski. You know how it is. Thank you so much for drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Back to back. Start the play. This game is over. Drink it in, man.